Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you can swim with the sharks? Talk with Mr. Great White himself, Roy Green. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm Andrew Lawton, in for Roy today. And one major story in terms of its impact between the relationship that Canada and the United States share that in a lot of ways did not get nearly the coverage I think it should have this week with all that was happening in the world elsewise was the NAFTA renegotiations, which kicked off. We had Christian Freeland, the trade minister down in the U.S., talking about these things, the U.S. taking a very critical stance of NAFTA. Now, is it a negotiating position or is it genuinely the position that the U.S. government has? We don't know. Donald Trump, the American president, has in the past spoken about wanting to just tear up NAFTA. So having them back at the table is at least a step forward in the positive direction here. But what are the key stakes from supply management to oil sands to declining manufacturing jobs in Canada and the U.S.? I want to talk about some of this with John Johnson, who is a senior fellow at the C.D. Howe Institute and also advised Canada's Office of the Trilateral Trade Negotiations during NAFTA negotiation. John, it's good to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, uh, pleasure to be here. So when the U.S. has come in in the past and at times said, you know what, we're going to rip up NAFTA, this must make it very challenging to go up against them when there's this fear that they could just be walking away at any given moment, or would that be to the U.S.'s detriment to walk away from NAFTA? Well, firstly, I I think it would be very much to their detriment. Um, Also, there'd be massive pushback both from Congress and from the business community in fact, the president does not have the power to rip up NAFTA. Uh, trade is clearly a, in the purview of Congress, and Congress would have to sign on for ripping off NAFTA, and I just don't think they'll do that. One of the things that the U.S. negotiator did say is, quote, we feel that NAFTA has fundamentally failed many, many Americans and needs major improvement. We cannot ignore the huge trade deficits, the lost manufacturing jobs, the businesses that have closed or moved because of incentives, intended or not, in the current agreement, unquote. So let's talk about that. I mean, is that a distortion of NAFTA's impact to Americans? I think it is a distortion. I think that a great deal of the job loss in in the United States and also in Canada is automation as opposed to uh, NAFTA. The trouble with trade agreements is that job losses are very specific. In other words, some company decides to move a plant from somewhere in the United States to Mexico. 300 people lose their jobs. It's pretty obvious. Uh, NAFTA's at fault. But when you look at the job churn, other jobs created, uh, parts producers starting to produce more parts for Mexico, and so on and so on, it's, it's quite difficult to sort all that out. But one thing that's for certain is that automation has resulted in the loss of a great many jobs in North America. Uh, the American manufacturing sector produces more stuff now than they ever had, with uh, considerable, considerably fewer workers. If trade were at fault, they wouldn't be producing as much. 
So I guess that brings around the question of what is the U.S. really standing to gain from Canada specifically here in these negotiations? I know one that we've talked about in the past, a number of uh, voices in Canada has been supply management, which would allow a little bit more competition from U.S. dairy uh, industry representatives. But this is, again, one part of, of a really wide ranging agreement. What can we give them that would make it appealing to the U.S.? Well, there's 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 a number of things that they want. Um, supply management is obviously fairly high on their list. The problem with supply management is that supply management is a form of subsidy. You can subsidize the dairy industry by mm-hmm. restricting supply and raising prices. That gives higher margins to the farmers. Another way of doing it is writing checks. We restrict supply. The Americans write checks. The problem is that if we eliminated supply management without dealing with U.S. subsidies, I think our dairy industry would uh, get uh, wiped out. Um, and I don't know how anxious the Americans are to deal with that issue. Because they would have to deal with their own house and get it in order in order yeah. for that to be at all fair. Okay. Oh, yes. No, that, that, and that's probably the way to approach it. I don't know. We've, we've opened up supply management. We've agreed to do it under the CETA. We'd also agreed to do it under the TPP, but that's, uh, of course, uh, no longer going to go forward. So outside of the the agri-food and agriculture sector and the dairy industry in particular, what are the big ones when the idea of manufacturing job losses, which have hit the Canadian marketplace as well as the U.S. marketplace, and you're right when you point out automation there, but is there anything that would be amenable to both sides in NAFTA and in the purview of NAFTA? Well, there's... There's a couple of U.S. demands, things that are on the table. They're, they're quite worrisome. This, this group in the U.S. seems to be preoccupied with trade balances, and that's trade and goods balances. And uh, Lighthizer was pretty adamant about doing something about that, and he cited trade imbalances with Mexico and trade imbalances with Canada. Now, for layman, what is the significance of a trade imbalance? They, they, they import far more than they export. Okay. So, and and this is and when when they're, when they're talking about that, they're talking about goods. They seem to leave services off the table. Our balance of trade with the United States usually is positive in our favor. That is almost certainly because of oil. Now they can go get their oil for Venezuela if they want to, but uh, that is the reason for the trade imbalance as between Canada and the U.S. And so far as uh, the other component of that is services and. Uh, they have a very considerable trade surplus in trade and services with us. So uh, the, the, the problem with putting this on the table, though, is that how do you deal with it? And there really isn't any good way to deal with it that would be, I think, acceptable to Canada. I mean, you, you, uh, what you would end up with some sort of managed trade arrangement, and I just don't think that's on. Um, another U.S. demand, which I think is a non-starter, is uh, specific U.S. content in autos. In other words, not just regional content, and by regional I mean Canadian, Mexican, U.S., but specific U.S. content in autos. And I think that that would be, that would be very difficult. Um, chapter 19 is one area the U.S. dislikes intensely. That is a, a process for reviewing decisions in anti-dumping and countervailing duty cases. Uh, that came out of the 1987 negotiations. There's a long, long story behind that. 
they want it done away with. Our industry regards it as being um, highly useful, hmm. but there are problems with it. And the big problem is, is that the U.S. has to cooperate in order for it to work properly. And this bunch don't seem to be very, you know, they ha- seem to have no interest in Chapter 19 working. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, and there's various other things. Obviously, it was the Americans that drove this renegotiation. But very quickly, is is any deal considered a win for Canada? Or is there one really major accomplishment that Canadians would like to get out of this? Well, I think the major thing is to have... NAFTA more or less survive as it is now, uh, that would be a major win. In other words, not to do too much damage to uh, uh, rules of origin, Mm -hmm. auto trade not being severely disrupted, um, not having ridiculous Buy American uh, things. uh, Really combating the the protectionism. (laughs) I'm I'm afraid I have to take a break here. John Johnson, senior fellow at C.D. Howe Institute and uh, someone who also advised the Office of the Trilateral Trade Negotiations during NAFTA. John, I really appreciate your time and insight on this. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. All the best to you. Andrew Lawton in for Roy. We'll be back with more of The Roy Green Show up next.